0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely
3: connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud.
2: You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past
3: bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com.
4: If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. Use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve.
3: Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We're going to talk with Julie Kelly about all the lawfare facing Trump and more. Obviously, we are reacting to the New Hampshire primary last night. Donald Trump becomes the first Republican presidential candidate since 1976 to win both Iowa and New Hampshire. Gerald Ford did it in a contested presidential primary race. The primary effectively over. Trump is going to be the nominee. We are going ahead and progressing beyond the primary itself now and focusing on, okay, let's win. And we're going to have 10 months to talk about how do we win But in the wake of Nikki Haley saying she's going to continue the campaign, we'll see whether that's true or not. Remember Ron DeSantis in the wake of his loss in Iowa said that he was taking that as a ticket to New Hampshire and that he was planning to continue, and then he dropped out before the New Hampshire vote started. I actually think Nikki Haley will drop out before the vote takes place in Iowa. Maybe she's going to want to see how the numbers look in the wake of what happened in New Hampshire her internal polling, what they suggest about South Carolina. I suspect that she will come to the conclusion that we have already reached and that many of you have reached, that there is no pathway to allow her to become uh, the victor. And we've already started on this show, and we'll continue to take your calls, 800-282-2882, talking about what Trump needs to do to win. Now, a lot of you out there aren't making that pivot, and this is important. We understand that a huge percentage of you are dyed in the wool. You're going to go vote for Trump. Also, a lot of you are still upset. Ron DeSantis supporters and some of you are upset. Nikki Haley supporters. We are already trying to focus on how do you win the race? And I got people, Buck, you were saying out <laughs> producer alley. I love this. It's like, Oh my goodness. We can't even keep up with all the reaction. People are fired up at my suggestion that Nikki Haley would make it more likely that Trump wins the general election. I think that's 100% true. Some of you out there are like, I would never vote. Yes, you would. All right? I don't buy into the any time. <laughs> like, the, the, more, the more you guys
4: rage email about this, the more Clay is going to double and triple and quadruple down, just so you know.
3: I think you, people have to be adults. And whenever somebody says, if X happens, I'll do Y, it reminds me of social media so much. Buck, how many people did we hear? say, if Trump wins, the left-wingers, if Trump wins in 2016, I'm moving to Canada. Did anybody actually move to Canada? Did any of those people active on Twitter? Or the people who get on Twitter and say, Elon Musk did X. I'm never going to stay on here and talk anymore. I'm leaving. And then, like, six hours later, they meekly come back and they can't quit. People are not going to stay home based on who Trump picks as his VP. I mean, in the base. You're going to show up, you're going to vote, you're lying to yourself, you're trying to get... This reminds me of my wife, Buck. I don't know if this happens with Carrie, you're newly married. Every now and then my wife goes shopping somewhere, and she has a bad experience. I, I, I bet almost every man has had this experience happen in their life. My wife gets back in the car, she slams the door, she's like... I am never going to Target again. I'm never flying Delta Airlines again. I, they did this. They did that. And then you know, meekly like, is that a Target? Did I just? I, I sorry. I thought I just saw a Target bag. You told me that you were never. And in her defense, I have said before, I'm never going to another Titans Colts game. Well, know, I was going to say, yeah, th- this makes sense fans because do this all the time,
4: C- Carrie approaches going to Costco. The way, like super fans of the SEC approach going to the game on on you know Saturday, they're they are all in. She is ready to go. She plans it out. She knows yeah. what day of the week and she's fired up about those deals she's going to get at Costco.
3: I love Costco, but I, I'm telling you, every married if you've been married to your wife for ten years, I would bet a hundred percent of you what your wife has said about some store or some brand, or some some product, that she will never buy it again, that she will never go there again, and then you might see that product make an appearance again, and you think to yourself, should I mention this, or is all of the anger that she once had towards that product going to descend upon me if I point out. That the emotional reaction that she had to that one shopping sp- experience or a return experience, trying to take a product back, it's not necessarily going to apply going forward. I just, I just will point that out. And I think that's the way that a lot of you are reacting now. So I'm already beyond that, right? I'm not going to worry about this. I think it's very a very
4: small. I think it's some folks are very fired up and passionate. We can respect that, but I think a vast majority of the people listening are like, I think think Trump's the nominee. Let's let's get our heads in the game.
3: So then the question becomes, what should Trump do to pick a VP? And I want to circle back to what we said right as we finished the, the the last segment. Kamala is, I think, everybody out there listening to us right now would agree, a uniquely awful choice as vice president. And this story that is out there that is circulating now, Trump has an opportunity to pick someone who could fillet Kamala Harris in the VP debate, which will have more significance if it's Trump-Biden, because you would have 82-year-old Biden, 78-year-old Trump, and they're both one-termers. This would be the most consequential vice presidential debate we could have in a long time. Reports are now that are out there, Buck, and I tease this, that Biden didn't want to take Kamala Harris because he didn't think she was up to the job and that Barack Obama pitched her as the right choice.
4: Well, there's a, there's a book out. Charlie Spearing, who's a, uh, he's, he's one of us. He was a Washington examiner reporter and uh, I think he worked at Breitbart for a little bit. He's got a book coming out. So we'll have to have him on, um, Amateur Hour, uh, which is Kamala Harris in the White House. And he this is where these stories are coming from that Obama look, we've said we've been saying this. The hand of Obama in so many of these Biden White House decisions, uh particularly on personnel, but also I think on policy, is very apparent to anybody who uh followed the Obama administration closely. I mean, as I did, I I came into media in in the Obama era, right? You can yep. see that, that there, there's a lot of Obama influence on this. But what's interesting to me is you know now you got this narrative it's coming out and and I I believe these sources I believe that people would be talking about this because there's a lot of frustration. They should have they should have thought this through more. They should have a better ready to go VP. Although this would be simple, right? in that Joe Biden given his age and and uh, obvious infirmity uh, he should just step down and the VP should step in. The reason that there's all these conversations about what else could happen and who else is, is because the VP is a uniquely awful choice, which I, I, I agree, by the way. I, I don't think there's any way to make the case that that's not true, but that he, or rather, uh, that Obama may have foisted Kamala yes. Harris onto the Biden White House is, there, there's something particularly, uh, particularly amazing about that it's like oh yes of course here we go now he is after not supporting his vp to run in 2016 eight years of loyal biden service the single most important decision that biden made in 2020 in that election cycle he may have gotten
3: horrifically wrong because of barack obama i feel like there's some justice in this and the report is that he was going to take gretchen whitmer now I think Gretchen. W- Gretchen Whitmer, Whitmer
4: would be a more. Gretchen Whitmer would be a far more formidable candidate against Donald Trump in a general election than Kamala Harris would be. I don't even think it'd be close. And zero. I mean, out. I mean meaning, just to be clear, close in terms of Kamala versus Whitmer and how those numbers would shake out.
3: And, and also, Gretchen Whitmer would help in Michigan, which is a state where Joe Biden is in desperate need of help. She'd right now. probably remember,
4: deliver. She'd probably deliver Michigan. Let's be correct. probably Correct. If you looked the at the
3: board. Detroit Detroit News, remember we talked about this poll. Trump is up eight on Biden right now. People said, oh, that's a rigged poll, everything else. The Detroit News poll showed that Gretchen Whitmer would be up five on Trump if she were the, uh, the the Democrat nominee instead of Biden. So that is hard to argue that it's a rigged poll. It's just that Biden is uniquely unpopular in Michigan right now. Gretchen Whitmer, I think she's a disaster governor. We talked about this. She got everything wrong on covid no it's one kind of cared though. She, she
4: crushed yeah. our, our good friend Tudor Dixon did not make it close. Great podcast by the way, in the Clay and Buck network. Go check it out. Yes. But it was too hard in Michigan, Michigan Democrat party, far superior as an entity, more entrenched, much better organization. And it, I think she lost by nine, uh, which was, which was pretty devastating given that we thought that she had a real shot of, of making at least very close, if not winning. Um, but see what I think is interesting about this clay is that you have, the Democrat elites pushing for the indictment of Trump and before that pushing for Kamala Harris to be the VP, those two decisions together may be, when all said and done, two of the most powerful reasons that Donald Trump wins re-election in 2024.
3: Question for you. If that report is accurate and the final two for Joe Biden were Kamala Harris and Gretchen Whitmer and Biden was inclined to pick Whitmer, don't you think that Biden would be stepping down and they'd be trying to elevate Gretchen Whitmer to run for president of the United States right now? No question in my mind.
4: Because that allows for the full machinery of the incumbency to effectively be transferred to the vice president who's already at the naval observatory and part of the system. And you could say, look, Biden's age. He was a great steward. He did a great job. That to me, I'd be like, there's no question. Even if Biden hadn't stepped down at this point, if it were Whitmer as his VP, He'd step aside and let, let her take over. The Kamala issue is what makes this more complicated. And it's because I keep saying this to everybody. If they do the trade out, if they decide that it's going to be, I got so many emails. You do this to me every, every time Clay brings up Michelle Obama, I get 10 emails people. Clay's right. Michelle Obama. Just we'll see. A lot of great smart listeners out there. I'll just point out. I mean, I'm just trying to tell you guys, you know, who's been cutting up steak for who in the last year or so. Anyway, um, I'll tell you this. If they didn't um, have to spend all this time, money, and resources for candidates that wouldn't actually be on the ticket, then I would think that they could do it. But the problem is, if you're going to turn around in July, all the work that they would have done – has to shift over to an entirely new candidate. A VP, that's not the case. You could even keep, if Biden stepped down, and let's just say it was Biden Whitmer, I think you still run on the, you know, you, you, everyone knows that it's Whitmer at the top of the ticket on the ballot, but you know, your bumper stickers can stay the same. Like no one really cares.
3: I, that's why that I think it's, it it's up. going to be a, uh, break the glass scenario because they don't want to do it, right? I, I think it's that the, the numbers are going to reflect that they have to do it. And that's why I think Michelle Obama. And look, the gambling markets, we talked about this yesterday. I do think this is significant. Number one, Trump, obviously, uh, is favored right now over Biden. The third, though, Trump, the number one most likely to be reelected, or Biden, yeah, too, I, I Michelle you for this. Obama. This you think this fault, is all the based gambling, on maybe saying your fault. on this? Yeah, the gambling, gambling are markets are me.
4: reflecting. There are a bunch of guys who are like, hey, Clay Travis says Michelle Obama, and they're like, all right, I'll give you two to one on that, and that's why. So I blame you. I mean, probably not technically true, but I'm just going to say it's Clay's fault that that's what the gambling markets are saying right now. Uh let's hear from all of you what do you think uh about this situation with the Kamala Harris stories that she was or the story about Kamala Harris she was forced on Biden Jill Biden did not want her around I by the way I if that I if I
3: I totally get that
4: I'm going to say that I mean I was going to say if I'm Jill Biden which that's a whole first of all <laughs> Dr. Jill Biden yes, first of, course. of all yes. but if I'm Dr. Jill Biden and Kamala Harris calls my husband a Basically, a, a, a racist,
3: a, a nasty old racist on the state, and then to promote her and give her an elevation when she couldn't
4: even stay in the race and get one vote, and and this may be what ends up tanking the whole Democrat ticket. This one dynamic. We'll talk about. it. What do you think? But I also want to say thank you to this audience for being so generous. Uh, you are a compassionate audience, and so many of you have already taken the critical step of trying to take an active role in the fight for life in this country by supporting the pre-born network of clinics. Pre-born is a nonprofit that we've partnered with here on the show that welcomes pregnant mothers with support, supplies, and the ability to meet their unborn child through an ultrasound. Here's how it works. A mother who's in a crisis pregnancy, she's worried, she doesn't know what she's going to do, makes an appointment to go to a pre-born clinic. She goes in there, and the clinic provides free, the pre-born clinic will give her free, an ultrasound so she can see that baby, hear that heartbeat, and have that experience of mother meeting child. Usually that's all it takes. The mother decides, you know what, I'm going to give this baby life. Preborn has rescued over 280,000 babies from abortion since they started this mission 17 years ago. Every day they save 200 babies' lives. Thanks to preborn, that's going on day in and day out. But they need your help. They get no government money, and they are up against a massive pro-abortion machinery. For just $28, you can introduce an at-risk baby to his or her mother. Because once the mom sees that precious life, hears the heartbeat. She's twice as likely to choose life. Use your cell phone now. Dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn.
3: The supply chain of smarts, sanity, and truth. Uninterrupted. Clay Travis and Buck
2: Sexton. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year. Equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
0: HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of
4: shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret bear creek arsenal they offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does how does bear creek arsenal do it there's no middleman fees that's how i own one of their ar-15s it is an incredible firearm they know what they're doing discover bear creek arsenal go online to bear creek buck that's bear creek slash b-u-c-k use my name buck as your promo code for 10 percent off your first order You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. Welcome back, team. We're going to be talking to Julie Kelly here in uh, just a couple of minutes about the latest in all of the uh, legal wrangling out of D.C. J6 stuff, Trump, the uh, charges against him. The whole thing is... An outrage. We'll discuss this. He's got some updates for us. Got a call in here. Rob in San Diego agreeing with, with uh, I was going to say agreeing with Trump. Agreeing with Clay that Trump should pick Nikki Haley. What's going on, Rob?
2: Uh, my point is that there are only two valid,
5: long-term reasons for picking a VP. And one is that that person could be a president and the other is that they could bring votes to an important issue
2: in the campaign.
5: Nikki Haley has the only person who has presented a positive view of how to handle abortion that could be effective at countering the biggest issue that the Democrats have, which is Roe v. Wade. Not a fan of Nikki Haley, really. Uh, I don't have much against her, but I'm not a big fan. But I believe she could counter if she was given the
2: authority to handle the abortion. Or abortion, uh, both campaign issue and the presidential or the uh, issue is if you were elected as vice
4: president. Rob, thank you, Clay. What's your sense of Rob's uh, Rob's winning I think I
3: think he's 100 right. Uh, look, what they are think about what Democrats are going to run on. One is Jan 6. We all can discuss that. Warfare against Trump. We all know that's going to go. The other one's abortion, and that what they are going to say to these independent voters and suburban moms, is if your 15- or 16-year-old daughter gets pregnant, the government's going to be keeping her from having an abortion. That's what they're going to be saying. And that motivates those women because they're afraid. I think that argument is hard to make if Nikki Haley is the VP. I think it's much harder. And I think Trump actually is going to handle the abortion issue pretty well, but he's a guy. I think Nikki Haley would neutralize that issue to a large degree with those suburban independent women that's to me what he's calling about is how you win not how you make people who are already diehard trump supporters happy how you win which is what i'm focused on i also would go ahead and release the whole cabinet because i think that could be really good side by side to compare uh look some companies are built on delivering good values my pillow is one of them this january they put the majority of their products on sale. Not just the overstocked items or the discounted items, but even their front and center bestsellers. Their way of saying thank you for supporting them this past year. 50% off on their sheets, bedding, towels, and My Pillow 2.0. Even the larger items like their mattress toppers, perfect for making your bed feel like it's brand new. They're on sale for 50% off. And when you make your purchases this month, you'll get free shipping thrown in as well. All that... Same 60 day guarantee. Try out their products for two months just to make sure they're what you want and need in your home. To get the offer, go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square, mypillow.com. Use our names, Clay and Buck to get 50% off more deals, free shipping to promo code Clay and Buck. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show, joined now by our friend Julie Kelly. Who is doing fabulous work on all the Jan Six related cases and uh also tracking all of the lawfare against President Trump. And we're gonna get into some of that um uh, latest on Jan sixth and files and what might be happening. But just uh off the top here, Julie, we're sitting end of January, right? By next week we'll be end of February. Technically, the case in Washington DC against Trump, the Jack Smith jan 6th related case is supposed to start on march 4th there hasn't been any update that i'm aware of but we're basically a month from the start of that trial date it's very fair to say there's no way we're starting on march 4th even though there hasn't been an official pronouncement of that uh, change when do you think that trial might happen and are you starting to think that new york city and alvin bragg might actually get the first bite at the Trump prosecution apple.
5: Right. So this March 4th trial date, there's no conceivable way that it can move forward. And here's why it's on hold is um, as the courts are figuring out this presidential immunity issue, So this is the first time we know that a president former president has been criminally charged and the courts need to sort this out. So there this is on appeal. Judge Chutkin, who's overseeing the January 6th case in Washington, issued an order last month saying denying Donald Trump's presidential immunity claims. That then went to the appellate court. There was a hearing by a three judge panel on January 9th. We're waiting to get that decision. We're assuming it's a three-Democrat uh, judge panel. We're assuming that they're going to uphold Judge Tutkin's lower court ruling. But that eventually then has to get to the Supreme Court. They are going to have to determine if for the first time a president, a former president, can be held criminally liable for his actions in office. So that's why this March 4th trial date is on hold. All of the pretrial calendar up until this point is on hold. And Judge Chutkin last week in a separate filing sort of suggested that this March 4th trial date was not going to happen and that she was going to make sure that all the time now that has been suspended leading up to this March 4th trial date, that that would all be sort of backfilled once the presidential immunity issue is resolved. So this could push the trial into what? May, June over the summer. Um, and so, to your point, does Alvin Bragg go first? And keep in mind, we still have the classified documents case in southern Florida. That trial date is set for May 20th. Those pre-trial deadlines also on hold pending the outcome of the D.C. trial. So we have all these things kind of in flux. But, look, I'll tell you, Merrick Garland made it very clear in an interview last week uh, that he will abide by related to pursuing any kind of political prosecution or investigation before an election. He says that this is now in the hands of the judges. It's out of his hands. And so will Judge Chutkin move forward with the D.C. trial over the summer uh, or even into the fall? Uh, I believe that she would.
4: So, I mean, Julie, I I know there's so many moving pieces here, and and I'm asking you to to look into the crystal ball a little bit, but, uh, you know, right now based on the timelines, the motions, the decisions that have come down thus far are, you know, how, how do you gauge which trials are likely to happen before the election and which aren't at this stage? You know what I mean? Of, of the four criminal trials, how would you each one uh, assess that it's likely or not likely to actually happen before the general election, which we now know is going to be a Trump election.
5: So my guess would be the classified documents trial. Uh, Judge Aileen Cannon there has been very skeptical of Jack Smith and DOJ's handling of this case. She is the one that suspended a lot of the deadlines back in November. She was saying that there was no way the March 4th trial in D.C., would be finished in time to prepare for the May 20th trial date, there's going to be a hearing in her courtroom on March 1st where we are going to get to watch Special Counsel Jack Smith's team, Jay Brett, go to Judge Cannon and explain why that trial is on hold. So my guess is this classified documents case might never go to trial, especially if Donald Trump wins. Um, She has been very skeptical, and now, I don't know, she won't push a May 20th trial date. They're not even close to being ready to take that to trial. So do they really want Alvin Bragg's case to be first out of these four criminal prosecutions? I doubt it. Fannie Willis, we know in Fulton County, is already in a lot of trouble, scandal enveloping her prosecution and the hiring of her lover, Nathan Wade. So my guess is still that if you had to bet that the D.C. trial with Judge Chutkin and this four-count indictment by Jack Smith, that is still probably the most likely uh, case to go to trial before the election.
3: And that would be wild, Julie, because as you just said, and and as you're breaking down, I, I actually think they may not be able to start this till after July 4th because I, I think it's going to be hard to, depending on when the Supreme Court ruling comes down on, as you have mentioned, mm-hmm one half of the four charges that Jack Smith has brought so far could potentially be tossed out as not able to be prosecuted, right? So I think starting a trial with half of your charges potentially tossed before you even maybe finish the trial would be crazy. And that could mean, if I'm right, that we're talking about them trying to do a trial right in the middle of a a legitimate presidential campaign, right? Even during the primary is ridiculous, but to do it in July and August leading into uh, the 2024 election is beyond insane.
5: It is. And to your point, just to clarify what you're talking about, because this is really important, and this could impact Jack Smith's case in D.C. more than the presidential immunity issue, and that is the Supreme Court reviewing the DOJ's application of 1512C2 obstruction of an official proceeding. This is the felony that's been slapped against more than 300 January 6th defendants, but also represents two of the four counts in Jack Smith's J-6 2020 election criminal indictment. The Supreme Court has already granted cert in that. We're expecting oral arguments in March or April, and we should get a good sense, Clay, by, by the time when we're hearing how the Supreme Court is handling this, whether they are poised to overturn how DOJ has intentionally misinterpreted this post-Enron evidence tampering statute to criminalize political dissent. So we already know that four justices agreed to grant cert in this case, meaning they want to review what the appellate court did, which, which was basically uphold how DOJ has been using it. But if they do reverse the appellate court and say that DOJ has not properly interpreted either the spirit, the letter, the language of this law, That will be devastating to Jack Smith's case and really the heart of the Department of Justice's ongoing January 6th criminal prosecution. So that's a big one to watch. So that just kind of adds to all these moving parts and influx. So then what does Jack Smith do? If he is picking up signals from the Supreme Court that they are going to reverse how DOJ is using obstruction of an official proceeding, will he move forward a D.C. trial with two other really vague counts Uh, conspiracy to defraud the United States and conspiracy to deny the rights of individuals. I mean that's even fuzzier than the obstruction count. Will he bring an additional indictment or will he just take his losses and try to put all of his eggs in the classified documents case? I doubt that too because he does not have a friendly judge (laughs) in Judge Amy Cannon uh, in southern Florida quite the um, opposite of what he's dealing with in Washington. So um, we'll see what the Supreme Court does. That'll be a big signal.
4: Julie, uh, just one more thing. You've had a lot of contact with uh, January 6th defendants and, and their families. Uh, do you have any sense from, I mean, now that it looks like Trump is the Republican nominee, i just wondering if you can give us a little bit of, are some of these individuals who have been handed extremely severe prison sentences, are they already thinking, I might have my freedom back in one year if Donald Trump wins. I mean, does that come up at all? Do you hear that from the families?
5: It does. I mean, they are very hopeful, and that's why you see a lot of January 6th defendants and their families backing Donald Trump, because they really believe he is their only hope for exoneration. And I will tell you on the 15-12 count, you already have judges who are delaying sentences, uh, and in some cases, defense attorneys are coming back and asking for release of their defendants on a conviction or plea for 1512. So it's already having an impact, but yes, they are very hopeful. They believe their only chance of freedom, exoneration, clearing their name, and getting the truth about January 6th is if Donald Trump is elected in November.
3: Speaking of that truth about January 6th, you put out the story about uh, the, the the possibility of these uh, videos or these documents being wiped clean, and they're trying on mm-hmm. the January 6th committee to keep them from being recovered. What do you know about that story, and what is the impact?
5: It's just another example of Betty Thompson and Nancy Pelosi's January 6th select committee destroying and concealing evidence, not just from the public, but from House Republicans who are entitled to all of the evidence, four terabytes, were told, of evidence produced and collected by this committee. Um, so this was just the latest revelation from Representative Barry Loudermilk, who is basically investigating the January 6th Select Committee and t- trying to collect all of this evidence, um, which we already know has not just been buried and destroyed by Benny Thompson, but some key transcripts. Are now buried at the Joe Biden White House, and those relate to Secret Service records, uh, transcripts with Secret Service agents, and we still can't get our eyes on that either. This also, speaking of obstruction of an official proceeding, this also represents hiding exculp- potentially exculpatory evidence from January 6 defendants, including Donald Trump, by this investigation. I, uh, you know, depositions that were taken under oath evidence that they solely collected this committee that could be used potentially as exculpatory evidence in ongoing criminal procedures. This is a crime in and of itself.
4: Julie Kelly, everybody, declassified with Julie Kelly is her substack if you want to be really up to speed uh, week to week on what's going on with all things J6, the fight that Trump has for his legal rights, and, of course, the 2024 election. Julie, thanks so much for being with us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All right, Clay you've gotten a few right i have to give you i have to give you credit apparently if you want to get a good pick coming up for the big game this week you listen to this show and you might be making some great money mr clay's advice via prize picks has been working out for me quite well so far prize picks is amazing Clay's it's i would say so easy when it comes to sports even buck can use it i mean that's what's going on here i'm really enjoying it it's fun to see those numbers go up. So thank you for being correct on this one. Um And do you have anything that you want to throw out there for people for this week that we need to know, or, or do we wait until Friday? I will give Friday? you
3: the picks on Friday, but if you're out there and you're listening to us right now, and maybe your friends and family are going to be, as tens of millions of people will, watching the NFC and the AFC Championship games all day Sunday, and you just want to have a rooting interest because your team's not there, maybe you don't even care that much Get ready for the Super Bowl. I'm going to give you, hopefully on Friday, prize picks winners.
4: Right. So so far, he's been doing great. I, I hate to have to admit this because, you know, Clay doesn't need any more confidence. But he has been doing very well with these prize picks, and so you will be getting those picks on Friday. It's a lot of fun, folks. I've got the app on my phone. Download the prize picks app. Select two or more players. Pick more or less on their projection. A whole bunch of different stats you can choose from. And it's that easy. You can turn $10 into $1,000 with just a few taps. You get easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, a huge selection of players and stat options, tennis, even if you want to get into that, but I know most of you, it's going to be basketball, football, but I like the tennis stuff. Right now, prize picks will match your first deposit of up to $100. Just download the prize picks app, a prize pick app and use the code BUCK. Okay. So download that prize picks app now. Use that promo code Buck. They will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Prize Picks app, download it now. Make sure you use promo code B U C K.
3: Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day.
0: HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Look, I'm a two-way
4: guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret. Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees. That's how. I own one of their AR15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com/buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com/buck. Use my name buck as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order.
1: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Mm don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Buck, we'll take some calls in the third hour, by the way, um, and uh, and uh we'll break down more of the New Hampshire primary, but I wanted to hit you with this. Do you know who turned 50 yesterday? Any idea what famous person turned 50 years old yesterday? It got a decent amount of attention. I meant to bring it up yesterday, but we were all fired up about the New Hampshire Claudia primary. Claudia Schiffer? Good guess. Good guess. In that vein, Kelly Kapowski, Tiffany oh, Amber Thiessen. Yeah. Turned 50 years old yesterday. For any of you out there around our age, I would say probably within like a 20 year range of us, Kelly Kapowski, aka Tiffany Amber Thiessen, was on Saved by the Bell, later on 90210. She, she, she as was well. my
4: second, my second TV crush was Kelly Kapowski. First was probably Aunt Becky on
3: uh, Full House. <laughs> so I was a big and Aunt, Aunt Becky. Becky. And Becky was good. I'd confess this because it looks way worse now. My first television crush was Alyssa Milano on Who's the Boss. Mm. But we did you know, not. I, randomly, I, did not know I randomly
4: interviewed her a few years ago talking about gun control. And Clay, I will have you know, sadly, she
3: did not like me. Does it? Well, that doesn't shock me at all. Nope. Can, uh, does it make you feel old? Because it made me feel old that Tiffany Amber Thiessen is now fifty. Like. I mean, looks when you, great when, for fifty, you know what I mean. She I does mean, look. You know, so. She does look great for fifty. Um, I think she. I mean, she double dipped on like kind of the teenage uh, universe because everybody out there who watched, say, By the Bell, uh, and then also she obviously was on Nine O Beverly Hills nine o two one zero. Kind of later on, she
4: me. she was kind of a late addition to nine o two world, if I recall.
3: Yeah, after Shannon Doherty's Brenda Walsh character. You want to talk about experts on uh on T V shows I was always My, team
4: Jenny Garth. I was not a Brenda Walsh person on that
3: show, just I that. liked them both. I, I I was I was not making a choice between the two, but I think I like Jenny Garth a little bit more. My wife has probably watched every Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh episode four times. I mean, she knows everything about that entire uh uh show. I got to meet it's rare that I get starstruck. I met Zach Morris, Mark Paul Gossler. And, uh, from Saved by the Bell, I was absolutely starstruck to meet him. Like, I couldn't believe that I was getting to meet Zach Morris. Well, it's, it's funny because, you know, we've like talked to presidents
4: and stuff. You get yes. older and you're operating this world. Well, your
3: childhood heroes or your
4: childhood favorites, even 20, 30 years later, when you meet them and, you know, you're all older and everything else,
3: there's still something a little, a little special about that, you know? I will point out when we had Kirk Cameron in studio, producer Allie dressed up way more than she usually does for Kurt Cameron, a.k.a. Mike Seaver from Growing Pains. What was that, like six weeks ago or so that we had him in the New York City studios? I noticed that Allie was super dressed up. It was like she had a prom to go to or something. She didn't dress up for me. She does not dress up for you. She dressed up for Kurt Cameron. And now she's saying that she actually likes Ricky Schrader better. Allie, I mean, that is just, Kurt Cameron is going to be crushed. Uh, but he was pretty fantastic. Happy 50th birthday, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Unlike my first television crush, Alyssa Milano, you, so far as we know, have not gone crazy. Milano's a comedy.
4: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.